Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, Matt Richardson. Hi, Matt Willis. This is weird. It feels so strange, right? It feels really strange. Also, I'm looking in your eyes. It's so fucking weird to feel that you're actually looking at me too. Also, um, I don't have to go... Oh, no. No, you go ahead. You do all that because we're in the room together. (laughs) We are. And we're legally allowed. We're legally allowed. Not breaking any rules. No, we're here. You know, Boris has given us permission. Yep. We are here. Thank you, Boris. Thank you very much, Boris. I've come. Matt Willis has cooked for me. I did. I made you lunch. I had a healthy barbecue chicken. Yeah, yeah. Sugar-free barbecue marinade. Was it all right? Really nice. Thanks. I was worried about the chicken. I had a little prong for... um, (laughs) Checking the temperature. Thermometer, yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even check. I'd just go, oh, you'll see when you eat it if it's pink or not. (laughs) Yeah, very exciting. It always feels strange, Matt, doesn't it? It does, because we only did three of these... In person before yeah. lockdown happened. Yeah, Matt, I'm really pleased you're here. I'm Thank pleased. You for I'm pleased over. to be here. It's just nice to go and do something. I know. I know. I've been waiting for this. Like since we started this, like we started this, what, like almost two years ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a few, like you said, face to face, and then it's been on Zoom. And even though I've loved it, yeah, I've missed those first few. Yeah, that me were too. with the person in the room, and it was a real vibe, you know. And I've loved it. I've loved being on Zoom, but I feel like we're getting back to business. Absolutely, and we're getting back to business with Kate Lawler as our guest. Yes. Big Brother winner. Yeah. Virgin Radio DJ took over my show when I left. Thanks, Kate. Which was, you know, absolutely not my decision. <laughs> but, um, uh, Did you know, she really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, she moved oh, to drive oh, time after oh, right, I went. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. oh, oh, she was okay. very kindly called me and she was like, Are you okay if I take your show? And I'm like, If I wasn't okay, well, you'd do it. You'd so do it fine. anyway. Just knock yeah, yourself yeah. out. Yeah, I'm fine about it. She came on our show, new mother, and was great. You know, I think she's very honest. A yeah, bit she like was you very honest. in that way that you kind of say things that you probably shouldn't say quite a lot of the time. I do get in trouble quite a lot for that. But I like Kate Lawler. I've always liked Kate Lawler. Yeah. I remember her and Big Brother. Obviously, my wife is obsessed with Big Brother. So she's been a recurring voice in my life, I think, <laughs> Kate Lawler. And also, I remember her very well from every time I go to Birmingham. Obviously, my wife's from Birmingham. Yeah. Every time we go there, I can get Kerrang Radio. Yes, of And course. I loved Kerrang Radio. Yeah, I loved it, was it great. so much. It was so awesome. And Kate Lawler would be on. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, wicked, awesome. You know, so she always reminds me of Kerrang Radio. Of Kerrang Radio. Radio. Oh, yeah. Did Kerrang Radio ever play Busted? Absolutely not. No? No. Really, when I think about Busted, there's one group of people who absolutely hated us, and yeah. that was Kerrang Readers in, like, 2003. We were a swear word to those people. <laughs> if you'd ask anybody in the world, it'd be like, my Busted, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Kerrang Reader 
Like, oh my God, absolutely fucking own a burning piece of shit. I actually remember when Charlie got on the cover of Kerrang! with Fightstar for the first time and everyone kicked off then about it. It was like a controversial moment, wasn't it? Do you know what? Obviously, me and Charlie weren't speaking at that moment, not through hating each other, just because life, you know. And I saw him on the front cover of Kerrang! and I was so pleased for him. Yeah, Because literally, it had been like a goal. That was been like a life, life affirming. Like, literally, he couldn't have been more sad about the amount of people that hated him in that world. And then he was on the front cover of their fucking magazine. What a great middle finger. Exactly. He's like, I'm on the front cover of your magazine, punks. Fuck you. Fuck you. I love it. On Kate's episode as well today, if you listen to it, which you are doing right now, there is a listener confession. Yes. If you sign up to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash WNOW, you get more of that. And you also get an extra confession from Kate. So without further ado, here she is. Enjoy. This is When No One's Watching. The podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures. And then we decide whether they're good, bad. Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. Or bad, bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done. You might be asking why they tell us these things, and it's basically because we are guilty pleasures, aren't we? I'm Matt Richardson, uh, Heat Magazine's weird crush of the year. And I'm Matt Willis, from Busted. Yeah, I know, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to When No One's Watching. I am Matt Willis, and I'm here with Mr. Matt Richardson. Hi, Matt. Hi. I'm looking forward to today because this is the first podcast guest we've had on that I've been on holiday with. Whereas you, we've had a couple of your friends that you've been on holiday with. Yeah. But I had a lovely long weekend with Kate Lawler, you know, Virgin Radio host, Big Brother winner in uh, Vienna a couple of years ago. Um, so here she is. You're right, Lawler. Oh, do you remember holidays? They were fun, weren't they? Oh, yeah, man. You went on a lot of them. <laughs> so, wait, wait. This wasn't a work trip. No. This was an actual holiday. It was a jolly. We had a little jolly. Really? We had a long weekend together with our partners. As friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is blowing Matt's mind because he couldn't understand being friends with me. That's the <laughs> issue, is that he's got such a mental block on that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people I would invite for a weekend away. Matt Richardson <laughs> is not one of them. <laughs> we had a lovely time. He's great company. We had a great time. And he's a great flying companion. I bet he had everything planned. He did. I bet he had a clipboard, schedules. <laughs> I bet he knew which restaurants to go to. Oh, yeah, all of it. Which seats were best on the plane. He did. We were sat in row one, seats A, B, C and D. Thanks to Matt Richardson. Of course you fucking were. Of course you were. Yeah. Did he tell you what plane you were on? Yeah, of course he did. A million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, Kate Lawler is a terrible flyer. She's scared of flying. I am. Oh, really? That was one of the most calm flights I've ever been on because of you. You were there reading the airline magazine that you subscribed <laughs> to at the front. <laughs> you know, there's turbulence. And Matt just he's taking it all in his strides. And I'm like, if Matt's not scared, I'm fine. Yeah, absolutely. Now, thank you very much for coming on, Kate. I believe you won't have any kind of reservations about admitting things because you're quite an open book. Yeah, I'm an oversharer. Now, Kate, apparently Matt tells me that I am not the first busted member you've had contact with. Is that correct? Listen, whatever he's told you, it's not that exciting. It's more embarrassing for me. Oh, right. So basically, when I interviewed Busted Mm. in 2002 on Capital Radio. It was like a Sunday afternoon, I think you guys came in. It was not long after I did Big Brother. You came in and I was so excited to meet you because I was a huge Busted fan. And when you left, I got a text from your plugger, Charlie, 
But I thought it was Charlie Simpson and I thought he was making an excuse to message me because he fancied me. This is how I had a massive crush on him back in the day. And so I spent all day like, oh my God, Charlie from Busted's messaged me. What am I going to reply? And I was like trying to do a flirtatious but subtle response thinking. And then I found out it was Charlie, your plugger or someone who worked for your label. And I was absolutely mortified. Charlie, the radio plugger. Yeah, she's lovely. She was lovely and she was yeah. so lovely to me. I was like, oh, that's a lovely message. Charlie must like me enough to message me. If it was Charlie Simpson, it wouldn't have been that lovely. <laughs> yeah. Just so, just so you know that. I was mortified because I think we exchanged a few messages before it clocked on. I was like, she knows. She knows that I think it's Charlie yeah. from the band. Was there nipple pictures or anything? or <laughs> Did it go that far or not? No, it didn't. 2002, I don't think you could send pictures on your phone like that, could I you? mean, thank fuck there wasn't camera phones <laughs> in 2002, is all I'm saying. Can you imagine being busted? There's a few phones. Like, when I first had a camera phone, like, Busted went to Japan, and they had them there. And so I bought it. And I came home and I was the first one with this like flip phone that had a camera on and everyone's minds were blown. I mean, the fucking photos that were on that phone were outrageous. Where are they now, these photos? Absolutely no idea. I lost that phone. (gasps) It is somewhere in the ether. Like it is somewhere out there. And literally, they are career enders for many, many people on that mobile. So if you have that, (laughs) I'm willing to buy it back. (laughs) Wow. I love that they were like such a, well, they still are, but in terms of technology, they're so ahead of the curve. You had a phone that could take photos before anyone else. I think I was like so old before I got a phone that could do that. I remember it being literally the biggest deal that everyone that I showed was like, whoa. I was like, I know, right? so fucking cool. Yeah, because in 2002, everyone just had those Nokias with the little teeny tiny aerials that you could just change the front of. Yeah. I didn't even have a mobile phone in 2002. What? How old were you? (laughs) Ten. Oh my fucking God, you were ten in 2002. That is insane. I was ten. (laughs) (laughs) You were ten. How are lives were so different back then. Matt, you were busted. I was one big brother and Matt was doing schoolwork. You were 10. You were 10. You didn't even have pubes. Did you have pubes? At 10? Absolutely not. I think I was a late bloomer in the pube department. I can't really remember my first little wispy pube. I'll have a think. I'll see if I can find any photos on my first camera phone. (laughs) You know what, Kate? I'm looking forward to hearing these confessions today, so I reckon we should just kick off. What is your first confession, please? I don't think I'm the only person who does this, but I pick my dog's eye bogeys and I feed them to him. What? And I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with that because he chooses to eat them. Like, if he didn't want me to put them in his mouth, he'd turn away. Like, he loves it. Wait. He encourages me to put my finger in his mouth after I've been... I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. You pick your dog's eye bogeys out of the dog's eye. Yeah, because they're in his way. And you then feed those bogeys to him. Yeah, because he loves the taste of them. He really does. But he can't reach them with his own tongue. No, sadly not. Like, I can see him scratching his eye sometime. And I say to him, do you want a little bit of help? So I'll just, I'll put my finger in his mouth. He helps me help him. It's this unwritten, I mean, we can communicate with each other without him speaking English. And so I'll put my finger in his tongue and get some of my fingers moist. And then I'll pick his bogeys for him. And then I'll put it back in his tongue. And he absolutely loves it. And sometimes he'll see me picking Shirley's eye bogeys and he'll come over and be like, Who's Shirley? Shirley's the other dog. Oh, right. Okay. Good to know. Shirley could be your aunt, couldn't it, really? (laughs) My nan. (laughs) Shirley could be anybody. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So sometimes he'll see me picking Shirley's eye bogeys. 
and he'll come over and go, I'll have that one too. Thank you very much. And I'll feed her bogeys to him as well. Really? But I honestly don't think I'm the only person who does this. Dogs do love the taste of their own eye bogeys. Ask any other pet owner. Yeah, but dogs also eat shit and sick. So I don't really think they're that fussy. I don't think they love the taste. I just don't think they care. My dogs don't eat shit. Do they not? Dogs freak me out. I'm not going to lie. They weird me out. Why? Because they lick their own bum holes and then kiss you on the face. And people love it. They love getting the dog licks. I'm like, the dog has just licked its butthole and its ball bag and is licking you on the face. It's gross. I'm going to tell you something about Kate's dogs as well. Shirley, Kate's dog, has the worst smelling breath of any dog I've ever met. She's lovely, but she's got a bit of a fishy... You wouldn't like her. She's got Mm, death breath, hasn't she? Yeah. She has got really bad breath. Baxter, not so bad. No, Baxter's fine. I know what you're saying. I try not to let them lick my face. It is disgusting when you think that they lick their own genitals. Yeah. And then they lick... So I try not to... Like, if she tries to lick me, I'm like, get off. Yeah. I think with this, Kate, this is more about the fact you spoil your dogs, really, because you just do whatever they want, right? Yeah, I do spoil them, yeah. So just eye bogeys is another level of that. Like, where do you cut it off? Would you feed them your own eye bogeys? No, don't be silly. I would never do that. Why? And I'm not like, you know, did you see Lewis Hamilton when he had with his bulldog? No. He had birthday cake and he was taking a bite of the cake and then he was giving the cake to the bulldog and he would have a bite and then he would have a bite. Yeah. So he was going back and forth. So that's like dog slobber on cake taking a bite and then you, like that's going one step too far. Yeah, so you're saying there's a line to be drawn. Yeah. The eye bogeys, it's just, I found out Baxter liked eating his own eye bogeys one day when I was trying to clean his eyes and he kept trying to lick them. And, you know, if ever he's with a dog, another dog, he'll always go up to their eyes and start licking them. So clearly he likes the taste. (laughs) So I'm just, you know, it's a nice thing. Just helping him out. I'm helping him out. It's a nice snack. God. I once caught my son eating a bogey. (laughs) Right. Um, So he picked his nose and he ate the bogey. And I sat my kids down and I said, you know what bogeys are? And they were like, what? I went, they're nose poos. They're poos from your nose. <laughs> Would you eat a poo? They're like, no. I said, so don't eat nose poos. Since then, they've never eaten a bogey. I'm writing that down because this is eventually going to happen, isn't it? Nose poos. Good tip. Yeah. Good tip, right? Nose poos. You're eating nose poos. Would you eat a poo? Disgusting. <laughs> my mum told me when I was little, she caught me picking my nose and eating it, and she told me that they never get past your system and they all congeal together and kill you. <laughs> and I cried for days because I thought I was going to die. Because I'd eaten thousands of them. Yeah, I was the only one that knew how many bogeys I'd had. And I was like, well, I must have hit the limit of a four-year-old's body. <laughs> so I cried and cried and cried. And then she told me it wasn't true. So I got straight back on it. <laughs> so yeah, look, I just think this is, more about you pandering to your dogs a bit too much. Like, you should teach him to not eat eye bogeys. There's nothing wrong with it, though. He's a fit and healthy dog. He's the correct weight. Whenever we take him to the vet, they're like, he's in tip-top shape. Perhaps feeding your dogs their own eye bogeys is good for them. Nobody knows. There's been no scientific study to say it's bad for them, right? He's a fit and healthy 10-year-old border terrier. Perhaps why he's looking so trim is because it's, you know, people who drink their own piss, isn't it? (laughs) So people believe that that's what keeps them looking youthful. No, but people do. They they believe that drinking their own urine keeps them looking young and healthy. Perhaps dogs eating their own eye bogeys is healthy. I think the fact you've had to compare it to people drinking their own piss. Well, I'm not saying you should because that is disgusting. Just realised my next health trend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Definitely going to try drinking my own piss. Don't, it's disgusting. I'll let you know how that gets on. Oh my God. Yeah, do you know what, Kate? Thinking about this, there's nothing really wrong with this. No, thank you. I mean, you're just feeding something. It's a bit gross. Teeny tiny. But like, people eat bogeys, people eat, you know, eye bogeys. Yeah. And dogs eat actual shit, <laughs> you know, so it's a yeah. lot better than that. You know, you just give them a little treat. 
I think it's all right. Good, bad for me. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, you know what? I'm a bit suspicious, though, because I think this is the thin end of the wedge with Kate and her dogs. Like, you know, I think there are going to be worse things she does let them do that she's just not going to admit to us. So I'm sceptical, <laughs> but I don't have any other evidence to base that on yet. So I'm going to have to go good, bad. But that decision can be reversed in the future. OK. Yes. Thanks, guys. OK. I'm hoping for more dog stories coming up. <laughs> Now, at this point, Kate, what we do is we have confessions from our listeners. Love this. People get in touch. And if you do get in touch, thanks very much. Please keep sending them to us at WNOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and whatever else. So, Matt, do you want to go first today? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay, this is actually from a friend of mine. My friend worked as a security guard at a very high-profile music festival. And he worked in the VIP area. Once, a record exec company type person <laughs> was heading towards the portaloos with another smartly dressed record exec looking man oh no and they both went into the portaloo together he then stopped them from going in and said guys you're not allowed to go into that portaloo together he then flashed his access all areas can do whatever the fuck he wants badge at them told him to fuck off and shut the door So then they went in the toilet together. So my friend, who was the security guard, and his other friend, who was the other security guard, (gasps) pushed the back of the portaloo over (laughs) with both of them in it, spilling all that blue, disgusting, shitty water all over them. And they were stuck. And so they pushed it so the door was on the bottom. Oh, my God. So they were stuck in there. So they couldn't do anything. And no one was around, so literally they had to, like, bang and shimmy their way to knock the toilet over onto the side so they could open the door and get out, covered in blue crap, which I think is absolutely fucking genius. I never want to mess with your friend if that's what they're going to do. Well, the thing is, apparently the record exec guy showed his badge who said he'd go on the stage and anything he wanted to do and basically told him to fuck off, you know, and and belittled him and made him feel small. So he pushed the toilet over and covered him in shit. I think that's hilarious. It's absolutely outrageous. And also quite courageous because for some reason I think that would, you know, if someone flashed an AAA pass, you might just back off a little bit thinking, oh, I don't know who they are if they've got an AAA pass. You might be a little bit intimidated and think, well, I better leave them to it. Yeah. Your mate was like, nah, covering you in shit. See you later. I'll push the portaloo over. I'd like to think they would think twice before being a dick like that again after that. Surely that's them learning a lesson. Yes. That is a very shitty lesson to learn. (laughs) And also, you're at the festival then. What do you do? Oh, my God. Amazing. You're covered in portaloo water and shit. That blue stuff is so strong smelling. It's so, like... The strongest disinfectant, and it's so bright blue. Yeah, can you imagine? Where was your mate when they eventually got out? Were they still, like, watching, or were they, like, hiding? He had gone. He said he watched from afar (laughs) as they were trying to tip the portaloo over. (laughs) I think a couple of other people came to help kind of move the portaloo so they could then open the door, flooding the outside area with blue, hooey water. I mean, I can't imagine anything worse. Really, when I think about it now, that is hell. But absolutely genius. This is amazing. Like you said, Matt, you've got to have learned your lesson from that. Is this a one-off thing or is this kind of like the confession is I am regularly a vigilante at music festivals? (laughs) 
because that would be amazing if whenever they worked there, every year they're like, there's one person I'm going to really punish for being a knobhead. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is certain people working in um, all of us at times in the music industry who are complete pretentious wankers and will use their authority in a very unattractive way. And so it, like, th- there's a few people in my life who I dream that were the person that were in the toilet. <laughs> like, like, there's a few people I'm like, please, have it been this person? Please, please, please. So, um, oh my God. Uh, yeah. I like to think it is that person. Yeah. But, you know, I think it was more the fact of the way they belittled him by showing the past and saying, yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want, mate. Piss off. Awful behaviour. Awful behaviour. Do you know what? Do whatever the fuck you want, but you'll be covered in blue disinfectant. Exactly. See you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love your friend yeah. for doing Genius. that. Genius. Amazing. Obviously, we're going to all be in agreement on this. This is good, bad, I think. Yeah. Definitely. This is good, bad. I mean, it's, yeah, it's horrible, but fantastic. <laughs> Not the hero we need, but the hero we deserve. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Now, we're going to crack back into your confessions, please, Kate. Again, can't be the only person who does this. I listen to sad songs on purpose to make myself cry. You guys must have done it, right? At least once. A song has never made me cry. Whoa, 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 whoa. A song has never made you cry, Matt? Nope, never cried at a song. There's such... No way, I don't believe you. The only thing that makes me cry is genuinely Paddington 2. That's it. Nothing else makes me cry. No sad films, no sad TV shows, books, nothing. I'm watching a TV show right now called This Is Us. Oh, goodness. I cry four times per episode. <laughs> really? Like, literally, I'm a blubbering mess. I don't know what's happened to me. I'm becoming very <laughs> hormonal and something's happening to me. Like, literally, I, I put this program on and this father is so amazing. It's a father. That's why. There you go. But the thing is, I don't cry about about anything else. I cried at Paddington 2, actually. I cried <laughs> at the Paddington 2. But I do cry a lot more than I used to. I used to be completely dead inside. Talking about crying and stuff, like I once was told by my mother that um, I lacked empathy. I think your mum's right. Do you not think I'm very emphatic? But if you were, you would cry at songs, you'd cry at films, you'd cry at the, the dodo on Instagram. No, no, no. Films and stuff, they're trying to manipulate my emotions. It's all a trick. That's why I don't like it. It's not a trick. It is. They're pretending. They're pretending. No. It's not a trick. They're not trying to fuck you over. (laughs) It doesn't feel real. They're trying to make you feel something. Yeah, but I don't want to be made to feel something by someone else. Your mum's right. (laughs) Your mum's right. Anyway, when we talk about certain, what, what's your go-to songs to make yourself cry then? Well, it all started, I remember, it all started when I was in my teens and my ex-boyfriend cheated on me with another girl from the supermarket we all worked at and my big sister went down to Brighton for the day and saw my boyfriend with another girl from checkouts walking along the seafront and she stopped them both and went higher. And that was when we broke up. And I always remember listening on purpose to Mariah Carey, my all, like on repeat, because it made me cry. And by crying to Mariah Carey, it made me feel better. (laughs) It was just... It got all the emotions out. Would that song still make you cry? Yeah, it does, actually. And there's one by the Backstreet Boys I was listening to as well. It was either that or the one by the Backstreet Boys. Show me the meaning of being lonely. That one. (laughs) Absolute banger. Yeah, it was was a tune, wasn't it? Back in the day. Yeah, absolute tune. I mean, to be honest, the Backstreet Boys, they can make you cry. They have an effect. They do. I've cried to the Backstreet Boys many, many times. (laughs) Many, many times. That song was so emotional. I will put a song on. If I need a good cry, I'll purposely put a song on. Now I'm kind of more into the the classics, like I'll put on Rock Set, It Must Have Been Love 
or Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You, or Foreigner. Oh, I, I want to know yeah. what love is. Those two songs. Damien Rice, maybe a little bit sometimes can, can get me going. Go next time, I'll give Damien Rice. Yeah, he can, he can make me so go. So have you done this? Matt, I feel like, Matt, you've done it. You've put on a song to make yourself cry. Do you know what? I never really want to cry. It happens now. It happens now. So much years, I was a bit like Matt Richardson. Really? I was scared that I was dead inside. Normal. I was scared that like something had happened to me and I could never cry. Mad. But now I um something's happened and I cry all the time. Like even if there's a piece of music in a TV program, I know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. They're edging towards something that's going to mm. be sad, right? I'm crying before the thing has happened. <laughs> Because I know what they're doing and it's working on me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I am such a sucker for it. My kids laugh at me all the time. We'll watch anything. Frozen 2. Did you cry? I cried my eyes out at it. Oh. And I actually thought to myself, I'm not going to cry. No. I'm not going to cry because they're going to laugh at me. <laughs> and I'm not, not going to allow them to laugh at me. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. You can't help it, though. But I do think it's music because I always imagine, do you do this? Like you think if there was no music in this scene, I wouldn't be crying. It's like the scene in The Lion King. That, that yeah. horrendous, the, the music, the soundtrack to The Lion King is just epic. But where Scar lets go of Mufasa and he just falls to his death and then they play that, oh my God, it's heart-wrenching and Simba comes along and tries to wake his dad up. And the music, like if they were playing Benny Hill theme tune, it wouldn't be as emotional. It wouldn't, you wouldn't, yeah, well, you're it's completely the music right, yeah. that does it. That's why music, I feel like, that's why I do it. I feel, I feel better after a good cry. So I like to put on sad songs to make me cry because afterwards I always feel better. Maybe I need to have a cry because I, I apart from like a couple of tears of pain to do, like I've not had a proper cry for years. Have you not, Matt? Probably like six or seven years. You need to let it out, bud. If I have a cry, will it like be this big release for me that I need to, I just need to get it out of the way? Yeah, but then maybe you might, you won't be able to stop and then you'll just, you'll be like Matt and you'll cry at everything. Yeah, maybe. You'll open a door, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do I enjoy it? I don't know. I don't know if I do. Like, for instance, this program we're watching now, right, called This Is Us, it's a weepy one. And I wasn't expecting it. And we put the first episode on because we had nothing else. And we were just like that. I was just put it on. I put it on. Absolute mess. Crying mess. Emma was like 30% of what I was like. Oh, really? Like Emma's like, please let me film you. I'm like, don't you <laughs> fucking dare film me. I love that that's her go-to line. Not do you want a tissue? Just let me film you. Cry. We were watching telly the other day and we were watching, I forget what we were watching, but Sam didn't cry at the show, but an advert came on <laughs> that was about a family and she cried at that. And like, I was like, mate, you've only known them for 30 seconds. And she was like a blubbering mess. Like she's a real, really in touch with her emotions and um, cries at books. Right everything i can't even fathom ever crying over a song like i don't understand how a song would do that to you the other day baxter and shirley who rarely snuggle up together they were snuggling up together and i was in tears i wasn't like bawling but I, my eyes filled up with water and i was like what are you doing and i just i loved them so much i just stopped, i had to stop myself from crying because it just made me so emotional i feel sorry for my dogs they're fucking lottery winners they have the best life but sometimes i'll look at them and i'll be like i feel sorry for them because they get fed their own eye bogey. <laughs> By Kate Lawler. They're living a lovely life. Oh, yeah. Dear. To be a North London dog. <laughs> what a spoiled life that must be. Jesus. It's a hard yeah. life. What do you it? think about this, Matt? I mean, I love it. 
I absolutely love it. I was so scared that I would never cry in my life. Like for years and years and years, it just didn't happen. I think maybe when I was pissed, I might have a few yeah. times. But like, um, but like, I don't really ever remember it. Never got emotional at movies. Had kids. I'm now a fucking blubbering mess. Literally, as soon as a sad piece of music comes on and someone looks at the camera in a certain way, I am gone. And if there's anything to do with kids or families or like a, a dad or anything like that, I am a go <laughs> Just talking about yeah, I'm it. I'm going to go now. And there's certain songs which get me now as well. But I don't choose to do it. I don't go, I really want to cry right now. It happens to me, but I don't choose it. Unlike me. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Unlike you, who who actually goes for it. I don't purposely go out of my way for it to happen. (laughs) This is why I am going to go bad, bad. I think this is, I'm going to go bad, bad. Why would you... Why would you want to feel anything? (laughs) Why would you want to feel anything? Why would you want to feel anything? I feel like I operate in a very neutral space emotionally. Mm. So, you know, like I'm a worrier and stuff, but I'm never, I don't really get angry. I don't really get like sad very often. I like being right on that plane. So why would you want to show weakness? Come on, bad, bad. Weak, Matt. That says more about me than it does Kate. I'm going to send you some books. Are you? I'm going to send you some books that I've not read. (laughs) (laughs) Right on my bookshelf about being vulnerable. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Can we have your final confession, please? My final confession. Oh, this one's a bit mean. But I'm not a mean person, but maybe when I was a child, I shouldn't have done this. We used to be really mean to my little brother, my twin sister and I. He's five years younger than us. And when we were like 10, I remember him being five and we did something awful to him. We locked him in our living room and put on a scary music video. It was Michael Jackson's Thriller. And you know, when the horde of the undead start coming through graves and stuff, we'd turn the volume up full blast and then just run out with the remote control and shut the door. And like he'd be in there having to listen and watch this 
terrifying Michael Jackson thriller music video and he cries eyes out and shit himself and I feel really bad now. Look, the thing is, like, I never really picked on my brother much but it sort of is a bit fun, isn't it, when you've got, like, a significantly younger sibling. We found it hilarious. We could hear him crying in the living room and we'd be outside pissing ourselves laughing. How mean is that? Character building. Yeah. He's forgiven us. He's fine. He's absolutely fine now. There's no trauma, I don't think. It was a mean thing to do. Like, I wasn't a bully at school, but I definitely, you know, I was a little shit to my brothers and sisters. I also pushed my twin sister headfirst through a greenhouse. What? Because she was banging a spoon on the washing line and I was on the swing and I told her to stop and she didn't. And I grabbed her and pushed her head straight through the glass and it smashed. I'm amazed she didn't get cut. I was sent to my room. That night. Yeah, I bet you were. Surprised not to be sent to jail for that, to be honest, Kate. That's quite extreme. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Or at least a child psychologist. Do you have siblings, Matt? <laughs> I do. I have an older brother and a younger sister. And w- w- did you and your older brother used to pick on her? No, we never picked on her. Oh. No, she was quite considerably younger okay. than us. Me and my brother had a very funny relationship because we absolutely hated each other in every possible way. Like now... We have a really good relationship and we like each other a lot. But when we were kids, I was the worst person on earth to him. Like literally, (laughs) he fucking hated me, hated everything about me. And I was just much cooler than him. (laughs) I was two years younger. My mates were the cool kids. He was the weird kind of like, in fact, looking now, he was actually quite cool. He was like into Nirvana and the Chili Peppers and stuff. Me and my mates were into like happy hardcore and jungle and drum and bass and stuff. (laughs) You know, so like we were like those kids and he was a part of that group. You know, so so we didn't get along very well and we would physically fight, like regularly physically fight. Oh my God. And I remember him and one of his mates pinning me down and pulling my tongue out and sticking one of those square batteries on and off my tongue. What? Like, what? Which gave me an electric shock. I know, right? Oh that was goodness. a fucking thing. And they pinned me down, they held my tongue out, and it would go... And it would fucking, like, give me an electric shock. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So they did that to me. But no tra- no trauma from that from me. I'm, I'm okay with that. Fine about it. Just crying at the Duracell commercial. <laughs> yeah, I was a proper fucking nightmare. As a kid, I was really hyperactive and an absolute nightmare. I'm not surprised I pissed him off. No, fair enough. That's an awful thing to do, though. That makes my Michael Jackson thriller video story sound really... Tame. Yeah, tame is the word I was looking for compared to that. At one point, we got a piece of masking tape because we shared a room and we put it along the room and I was not allowed anywhere near his side. Oh, my goodness. You sound like proper enemies. It's like stepbrothers. We were proper, <laughs> we were proper, proper enemies. We did everything. Oh, my God. I could walk through because the door was on his side. So I could walk through to my side, but then I was never allowed to enter. <laughs> and he had a guitar and I didn't. And I broke a string on his guitar once. You're literally describing the film Step Brothers. Did you touch my drum kit? <laughs> I was in so much fucking trouble when I broke that the string. Did you break it on purpose? No, I was just trying to play Wonderwall. <laughs> you know, and I was drumming too hard. <laughs> and also, we didn't have a plectrum, so I was using a lolly stick. <laughs> 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 it is a miracle you ever ended up doing it professionally. Yeah. Exactly. I know, yeah, yeah. So, no, we did mean shit to each other, me and my brother. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my story's tame. That is proper. Oh, I've got another one. Sorry, really quickly. Oh, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I love this. Basically, me and my brother had what can be described as our biggest row ever. Like, I can't really remember what it was about, but it was like a proper fight. We were chasing each other around. And at one point, 
I'd hurt him quite badly and he'd ran into the living room and kind of barricaded the door and I was going ballistic behind the door. And I'd managed to open the door and I'd had an orange ice lolly in my hand, right, um, that I'd been eating during this argument. <laughs> and I threw it and it hit him in the eye, right? To this day, he says that I that it was a pair of binoculars that I threw at his eye because he's too embarrassed that what happened was <laughs> from an orange ice lolly. But it was from an orange ice lolly. And now when the wind hits him, his eye waters. <laughs> Even now. Even now. So he um I've I've damaged him. Oh wow. Sometimes he'll send me pictures when he's out on a walk <laughs> with his eye watering. You know, just go, still there, mate. <laughs> Oh my goodness, permanent damage from an orange ice Permanent lolly. damage from a fucking orange ice lolly. Sorry, binoculars, binoculars. Yeah, it was an orange ice lolly. <laughs> this is kind of feels like that's part of having a brother, isn't it? Whereas my brother's like yeah. eight years younger than me, so there's such a big gap mm. that we never it was we never really had like fallouts. I just found him endlessly annoying. Yeah. Because he wanted to right. because he always wanted to be around me because I was his older brother. And obviously I was like 16, well, you know, 15, 16, and there's like an eight-year-old walking around it'd do your head in wouldn't it yeah you've just reminded me of a game that we used to play which is pretty rank my brother and my twin sister and I we would play we'd entertain ourselves most of the time and Karen would be the referee and my brother and I would always wrestle but it was called the biting toe game and it was whoever could bite the other person's big toe first won <laughs> That's a brilliant game. Kept us entertained for hours. We would proper wrestle. We'd be in a wrestling position and Karen would be like, three, two, one, go. And it would we'd just be kicking the crap out of each other and trying to bite the other person's big toe first. I was so good at it. And whoever bit the toe first won. Won, yeah. And you'd have like five rounds. It was such a great after-school activity. I mean, you've just invented a sport that should be on television. The biting toe game. That's what we call it. The buy and go game. game. Yeah. I'm approaching ITV immediately. It's a fucking <laughs> genius format. Sometimes you'd get them in a position and you'd be like, I've got their foot in front of me. And you'd be, you'd have their foot and you'd be pulling the foot towards <laughs> you. And you'd be like, I'm about to bite it. And they would just do this, like, he would do this spin. And I was like, it was so close. And it would, yeah. Oh, and if no. it, and also, we'd really make a point of really biting the other one's toe. So whenever you got your toe bit, you'd be like, ah. And then that would be the end of the round. It was so much fun. I loved that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I think there is something about siblings, isn't there? And the kind of love and hatred you can have for them. Yeah. In equal amounts. That is just brilliant. Mm. Like me and my brother now literally have the best relationship. You know, it's, it's fantastic. But as kids, absolutely hated each other. It's interesting, isn't it, though? How you can change. It's nice, though. It's lovely that you can that you can be friends as adults. Have you and your brother, Kate, ever played the big toe biting game as adults? Like, you know, you had a few <laughs> drinks and you've been like, oh, do you remember this? Should we give it a go? No, but you know what? You've given me an idea. I'd love to. I'd like, he'd kill me now. Yeah. He's like six. He'd, no, he'd, he'd beat me hands down. I think that is definitely a Christmas day yeah. <laughs> game. The biting toe game. That has got to happen. The biting toe. That's a new Christmas tradition. Got to be. I have no problem with this. No. <laughs> What <laughs> do you think so? I have absolutely no problem with this. We we did way worse. <laughs> yeah. This to me is good bad. <laughs> I think it, yes. it's bonding. 
<laughs> I saw, I think it's probably good, bad as well. I never had this. I've got like a couple of older cousins who used to kind of like harass me a bit. Mm. And I, you know, and once again, like we've got a really good relationship now. It's sort of like it's it, it bonds you together, doesn't it, doing yeah. these kind of things. Character building, mm. I believe they called it. Character yeah. It was called bullying. So, yeah, I think this is good, bad. He's <laughs> you, your brother. It's your flesh and blood. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it's just some random little kid on the street. Character building, not bullying. Now, Kate, we've come to the end of your proper confessions. However, I know that you, not something you enjoy doing, but you may have a confession about your big brother days that you uh, that you let us know about. And I, we'd love to hear that. Ooh. This was an exclusive for you because nobody has ever been told this. <gasps> Amazing. Okay, wow. So when you're in Big Brother, you're being filmed 24-7 and the Big Brother crew are like, we'll just, we'll get everything. So yeah, and the producers were like, we get everything on camera. Like there's nothing we'll ever, we don't ever miss because you're being filmed from multiple angles all the time. Well, yes. They didn't actually get something in my big brother. Go on. To this day, they don't know about it. In fact, nobody does except me and Spencer. Spencer was my love interest in Big Brother 3, and we got up to something under the covers which they never got on camera. They never captured because of how subtle we did it. We were basically having a conversation in bed while something else was going on which I'm not going to share, and they never showed it. They only ever showed PJ getting a BJ from Jade because it was it was very obvious what was happening. There's a lot of that under the under the duvet, and to this day they never ever caught us or showed us or showed any sign that they knew what was happening because of how subtle and ninja like we were with our antics. So you were chatting in bed. We were in bed together. We were sharing a bed. Yeah. So you kept a boring conversation going. Yeah. That was unairable. Yeah. So that you could get up to some naughtiness. Yeah, and we did. We got away with it. Amazing. I mean, that is fucking genius. But they get everything like that. I mean, any kind of intimate behaviour between housemates is captured and it's a big thing, especially in Big Brother 3. It was like people really wanted to see a romance after Helen and Paul in Big Brother 2. And I think, you know, you had Jade and PJ, you had Spencer and I. We were, we did, we genuinely liked each other. And I was like, how can we get away with this? And so we just, yeah, we just laid in bed and had this really dull conversation. It was just, it was so funny because both of us knew what was happening. Can you remember anything about the conversation? No, that's how dull it was. No. We were just having a standard conversation. And did you both manage to finish the conversation? <laughs> if you know what I mean. What was the highlight of the story? <laughs> what was the punchline? <laughs> oh my goodness. No comment. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> But I love that we pulled one over, Big Brother, because... Because I've watched that show for years, right? And for many years, been made to watch that show. But I've watched it, and they've implied that things are happening, and I'm like, that could just be some movement. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily have to be what they're implying that is. But you two were actually doing something. We were. And they missed it. They did. But now you said it, I'd just like to let you know that they do have everything in archive. <laughs> I'm sure that I can have a word with someone somewhere. You dare. And we can find <laughs> this conversation. There, wasn't, there weren't many times we were actually in bed together, so they probably would be able to get hold of it quite easily. Shit, I didn't think about that. All the, all the saved archived footage they've probably got. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been fucking brilliant and you have been a fantastic guest. Thank you very, very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, lovely. People can see you as well as obviously, you know, on the radio doing the, the probably the second best drive time presenter Virgin have ever had. <laughs> but you're also doing a TV show as well. 
Yes, MTV's Celebrity Bumps, which follows, I think, five couples on their pregnancy journey from like finding out they're pregnant to having the baby. Oh, wow. And so we've had cameras following us on our pregnancy journey on MTV. Uh, it's an eight-week series. And it's, it's my fiancé's first foray into television. He's absolutely shitting himself. It's been really nice, actually, because it's something to look back on. It's been a bit of a, a crazy time with being pregnant in lockdown and not being able to do all the things we would have liked to have done. But in a way, you know, you're tired a lot of the time. So and I quite like being at home. But yeah, it's been great fun to film. We've had a really good time. Amazing. Can't wait to see it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, Kate. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. I've had fun. Nice to see you, mate. Thanks for telling me your stories. I loved them. That was Kate Lawler. Very good. I love Kate Lawler. Yeah. She's just got that voice, hasn't she? She's got a great voice. She's also a bit naughty as well. Like, she's she really good fun, Kate I, Lawler. I feel, I feel like you, you only quite only scratch the surface of how naughty Kate Lawler is as well. Look, I have to say this. like <laughs> Of all the people who've been on the podcast as guests, like I've been on holiday with Kate Lawler. I know how much fun Kate Lawler okay, really is. Right. And it's 10 out of 10. You know? Is it really? It's a shame she's had a baby because it means she won't be fun for 18 years. That is true. Yeah, that is true. She's out of fun. Yeah. Although there'll be about three nights a year where she'll go fucking mental. Like my wife, I have to carry her out of a taxi about two or three nights a year. Great. That's it. She gets See, with my time. girlfriend, I have to do that two or three times a week. Right. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to the two or three times That'll a year. That'll be nice. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to uh, subscribe and give us a review, that'd be amazing. And you should also follow us on our Instagram, which is at WNOW podcast. Thanks very much. Give us five stars if you're going to review. Please, come on. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.